0: The Dodgers strike out with Catholics and other Christians over their promotion of an LGBT hate group. Target decides to hide gay pride, and Governor Ron DeSantis uses Twitter as a springboard, vaulting him into the 2024 Republican presidential primary. This is Truth in Politics and Culture with Dr. Tony Beam. It's time to crank it up. All right, welcome in, everybody. That would be uh, translated into welcome in, everybody, if you if you don't speak Tony Beam garbly gook this early in the morning. Anyway, we're glad to have you listening to the program, those of you listening live. And if you've just downloaded the podcast and getting started listening, uh, first of all, thanks a bunch for doing that. And uh, how about telling some other people that it's a pretty good podcast. They might enjoy listening to it, and we can move up in our podcasting Rankings. We actually made it like into the, according to the uh, metrics that someone sent me in an email, um, it said that I'd made it into the top 300 or something like that, which with all the podcasts there are. In the world, that would be pretty good if that's true. I, I have no way to verify that. I'm not a I got to confess I'm not a metrics guy. I don't I don't follow that stuff. Um, I probably need somebody to do that actually to do that for me. All right, um, this is going to be a short program. We're only going to be able to go about 30 minutes today because I have to head out the door. Um, I've got to go down to our state capitol today. I have some things, some appointments down there that uh, couldn't be avoided, couldn't be rearranged. So we're gonna dive right in here to the content of the program today and give you just a, a action packed 30 minutes here. All right, the Dodgers are trying to dodge the LGBTQ controversy and and I gotta say um, that they're not doing very well. Uh, last night, my Atlanta Braves beat the Dodgers four to three in Atlanta. Uh, the, and the Braves have been having some problems with the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers beat up on them pretty good, but last night, uh, the Braves came back, won that game in Atlanta, and then I think they've, I think they've got another game today. I'm not positive about that. I try to watch the games when I get home in time. Uh, love baseball. Um, I'm not very much in love. Uh, well, in fact, I really, I, I really hate what the Dodgers are are doing to baseball by this latest. Uh, stunt that they're pulling. Um, and, it, and it's just a, it's a terrible thing. The, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they're, uh, they're LGBTQ activists uh, who perform and drag, is a group of queer nuns. Now, that ought to be all that you need to know. I mean, I really shouldn't have to say anything else about that. Uh, I am going to say something else about it. And by the way, if you have uh, young children that are within earshot, you might want to find them something else to do for just a couple of minutes while I describe to you some of the things that they do. Now, I'm not going to get graphic, but even to have to say what I'm about to say uh, makes my stomach turn. I mean, I have, to, I have to tell you, this is as the stomach turns. We might we might rename the show that today. I borrowed that from the old Carol Burnett show. But in, in any event, um, the, the, this group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, I I want to be as clear as I can about this. They are a Christian hate group. That is, they exist to hate and undermine and go after Christians. Uh, They go after Catholics primarily because they present themselves as queer nuns, but they actually are undermining uh, a lot of Christian imagery, um, they use and make fun of Catholic imagery such as crucifixes. They mockingly bless congregation, congregations using sex toys. Now, I, I know this is hard to hear, but, you know, sometimes you've, just, you, you've got to engage with this stuff, that is, understand what's going on to understand why this is a controversy. Um, they, they do things like simulating oral sex dressed as nuns. Uh, The events they host consist consist primarily of intentionally blasphemous and offensive portrayals of Christians. For example, at Easter, they hold an annual, now get this, hunky Jesus contest. And forgive me for even having to tell you that. I mean, to say this out loud, but this is the kind of thing that we can't allow to go on without turning the light on. You know, believers are called to be salt and light. Turning the light on sometimes means having to deal with what you see when the darkness gets dispelled. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. Um, and, and so what do what the participants in this contest do? Well, they dress like Jesus, and they perform lewd dances, pole dances, and they simulate sex acts. That, that's that's what goes on with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Uh, that th- this is this character, the characters are supposed to be Jesus, and they do all this while wearing a crown of thorns. And the motto of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is "Go and sin some more." Of course, is a parody of Jesus' words to the woman caught in adultery, when he said to her, "Go and sin no more." Um, I mean, th- this is vile and evil stuff. I really don't have the words to to the adjectives to describe it adequately. Um, now, on top of all of this, after, after describing to you who they are and what they do, they claim that they're a charitable organization that raises money for charity. Now, one of the causes that they donate to is the Center for Trans Youth Health and Development at the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. They provide transgender surgeries and puberty blockers, you got it, for minors. For teenagers, and so this is this is something that is um, uh, it's one of the most disgusting things that I've ever seen. I mean, this goes harkens to me back to the days of Megan the Stallion uh, when she was at the top of a chart of the charts uh, in this country with a song that I couldn't even tell the title. I wouldn't even say the title to my wife. Um, I, I just had to tell her, well, it's W A P, and let's leave it at that. You know, this is the kind of stuff that people think is, some people think is innocent, it it doesn't matter, this is just somebody's... Listen, this is vulgar stuff that undermines the culture, attacks Christianity, and really can be a motivator for people to attack Christians. Um, Now, having said all that, the Dodger organization for whatever reason, decided that this group in particular deserves the HEROES Award, that they're not a bunch of perverted people who have decided to attack Christianity in the most vulgar way. They're actually heroes. And after strong backlash from Catholics and other Christians, as you can imagine— they, after inviting them to a gay pride night, to receive this prestigious honor, which now this is an this is an honor in in itself that has become meaningless. I mean, it. I would never, if, if the Dodgers were to call me up tomorrow and say, "Look, we want to give you the Heroes Award," um, I would tell them to take a hike. Um, but because who who in the world wants to receive an award like that that has a legacy? of what's about to take place here. So all this backlash from Catholics and Christians um, for inviting this group, and then not just inviting them, not just having them at the ballpark, but honoring them with the Heroes Award, they disinvited the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And then about 11 days or so later, um, they invited them back. And they didn't just invite them back. They invited, invited them back with a sincere apology. They said they'd received input from diverse communities, and they offered their sincerest apologies to the group for disinviting them. Uh, the Dodgers expressed their gratitude for the group's, listen now, listen, for the group's life-saving work. Uh, they didn't say what they mean by life-saving work. If by life-saving they mean giving minors dangerous puberty-blocking drugs and cross-hormone treatments or even subjecting them to mutilating surgeries, then I would suggest they're more about destroying life than they are saving life. Archbishop Salvador Cordelion responded to all this saying, quote, decent people would not mock and blaspheme sisters who serve others selflessly. He also said, so we know now what gods the Dodger administration worships. Whoa! take a take a step back here for a second. That may not sound like a strong statement. I mean, in in today's world, you know, you 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 can't be considered making a strong statement if you don't if you don't salt and pepper it with a certain amount of pornography or uh or harsh language. But but this is just the in the purest form, we know what God's the the Dodger administration worships. And that's a true statement. You can't You can't do something like this without some way entering into the very thing that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are doing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the Dodger administration uh, leaders, that the people who make up the Dodger administration are out there engaging in the same kind of behavior, but to endorse that behavior means that they know enough about it. They, They have seen this enough that they believe they're doing themselves good, that this is a good thing and not a bad thing by embracing it. Uh, a statement from the Diocese of Orange County said, the decision to openly embrace a group whose demeaning behavior is anti-Catholic and anti-Christian is misguided and disrespectful. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, the, that's certainly the least way to put it, misguided and disrespectful. The other thing, again, I would say I want to I end up here where I started. This is a hate group. The Southern Poverty Law Center, can you imagine if any Christian group came out and openly mocked LGBTQ people or made open statements that were as, as inflammatory and vulgar as this group, then the everybody would fall on them like a ton of bricks. But Christians are, and Jews are, are open season, and it's open season on Catholic Christians. Um, it's a, it's open season on them because these, these are people that organizations believe that they can attack and get away with it. Brian Birch, who's president of Catholic vote pointed out that the team may be taking a huge risk here. You know, I'd like to believe that I'd like to believe that this is going to absolutely sink Dodger attendance, but I, 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 seriously doubt it. Uh, but this group is, they're planning to rally Catholics and also to alert Catholics that they need to use the power of the purse, the power of the wallet to fight back against this stuff. He said his group is going to raise a million dollars and they'll pummel this decision in advertising to a point that the Dodgers won't be able to ignore it. Well, with all due respect to Brian Birch and I appreciate the effort and I appreciate, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not undermining what he's doing because I think it's great. But if, uh, if he's talking about a million dollars in advertising, Um, that's a drop in the bucket compared to how the Dodgers can respond uh, with their PR teams and their advertising dollars. But, you know, there are a lot of Hispanics in California. There are a lot of Hispanics who are um, uh, baseball fans, go to the baseball games, and I don't know a whole lot of Hispanics who would think that this kind of behavior and this this mocking of their faith, because a lot of Hispanics are Catholic— would be something that they would embrace. So we'll see what happens as this goes forward. All right, DeSantis is in. He came in last night. He said, there's no substitute for victory, no excuses. I will get the job done. He announced his run for the Republican nomination for the White House with Elon Musk on Twitter last night. Musk interviewed DeSantis, giving him an opportunity to lay out his vision for America. But now, uh, Twitter was not without technical difficulties last night. It crashed twice during the interview, and it gave the legacy media something to pound DeSantis about. Instead of talking about the content today of his announcement, they're going after DeSantis because Twitter broke down. Now, Musk came back and said, well, look, yes, we broke down because 800,000 people were trying to log on essentially at the same time to listen to the announcement. And so you may say that that's a disaster, when it comes to the actual announcement itself. But if there were 800,000 people trying to get on at the same time, I'd say that's a pretty good indicator that DeSantis has got some support out there. DeSantis launched with a theme of restoring sanity to the country.
1: Must restore sanity to our nation. This means embracing fiscal and economic sanity. Stop pricing hardworking Americans out of a good standard of living and please embrace American energy independence. This also means replacing the woke mind virus with reality, facts, and enduring principles. Merit must trump identity politics.
0: Wow. I mean, look, it doesn't get any stronger than that. I mean, he, he dove in, and in one sentence, he went after the woke policies. He went after Uh, the Biden administration for getting us in a position where we're no longer energy independent. He went after corporations that were using woke policies to try to shape public policy. I mean, he really, uh, he talked about common sense and common sense being restored to the country. During the interview, DeSantis talked about a lot about energy independence, in fact, and restoring integrity. Uh, He talked about strengthening our military. He went straight at the Disney controversy now, this is something that you 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 really do kind of have to admire, because him going after with with Trump coming after him over Disney and with questions about that, uh, Desantis didn't duck this. He didn't he didn't try to run and hide uh, behind Minnie Mouse because he was going after Mickey Mouse. Here is Desantis talking about Disney. You
1: need to shut the border down.
0: Actually, that's not Desantis talking about Disney. That's Desantis talking about the border let's see if we can get the right uh uh let's see if we can get the right cut here for you this is where I need Gary get Gary Miller Gary Miller where are you Gary Miller is on a beach somewhere and if he's listening to the program he's probably chuckling to himself and I wouldn't blame him all right here's DeSantis on Disney
1: Florida basically put them on a pedestal many decades ago and we just didn't feel that we were comfortable maintaining that relationship and so we ended their self-governing status so Disney has to live under the same laws as everybody
0: and it does See that's pretty good Disney has to live under the same laws as everybody You got to believe that a lot of Americans resonate with that even if they you know he's being attacked by as being anti-business simply because he, th- he says that if Disney is going to operate in Florida, they can't be up on this pedestal. They can't get special privileges. They have to be under the same laws as everybody else. I don't know about you, but I don't know, it. it no matter how what you think about the Mouse Kingdom, um, I think that should resonate because there's nothing about Disney. If they're going to step into the political re- arena, as long as Disney was in the entertainment business, I think... DeSantis and Florida and everybody else was fine with leaving them alone and letting them have some of their perks, although I don't think that's the best idea. But but I think that's really kind of where people were on this. But you gotta you gotta think about this. Once they entered the political arena, to me, that changes everything. When they get into politics, then okay, it's fair game to be able to ask the question, if they're going to try to use their corporation to influence the political atmosphere of Florida, then why not take away their special status? Because they're not there trying to bring ple- people to Florida just to bring people to Florida, just to give them a place to be entertained. They're trying to throw their weight around and get their political point across, and they may have the right—look, they've got the right to do that. I I didn't mean to say they may have. They do have the right to do that. But here's what we need to think. If that's what they're going to do, then do they deserve all these special privileges, especially from the state of Florida, when they're going directly at the state of Florida for some of the things that Florida—the policies that Florida was putting into place. So the DeSantis campaign last night raised over a million dollars after the interview— um, the media, of course, is already characterizing uh, the 2024 run for the Republican nomination for president as a two-man race, and they're saying that it's going to come down to Trump and DeSantis. That's likely true. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tim Scott. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Nikki Haley. Um, I think we've got some great Republican candidates that are in this race, and strong candidates, and what that should say to us is that we don't have to settle for another run of Donald Trump. We've got a strong bench, and Ron DeSantis stepping in simply uh, ups the ante a bit. Now, according to an aggregate of polling from 528, and they've been fairly accurate in their polling as it relates to reality, uh, Trump leads DeSantis by 34 points, um, however, things could change pretty quickly now that DeSantis has announced that he's a candidate. I mean, we 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 know that that 34 point margin is not going to hold. Trump was kind of weird last night uh, in his response. He put out this tweet on social media. Well, it wasn't a tweet. It was a statement on social media that um, sort of was confusing because he said he was trying to kind of sound like Kim Jong Un of. Uh, North Korea talking about my red button's bigger than your red button, and he was applying that to uh, DeSantis in some way. So that was kind of weird. Uh, but look, this this is going to be a fight. Uh, DeSantis is not one to back down, and of course Trump is not going to back down. And so things are going to get pretty entertaining, and we'll see how the other candidates in the race jockey for position and try to position themselves uh, against the two front-runners. Uh, DeSantis is framing framing himself as one of the most successful conservative governors in the country, of course. He talked about how Florida is number one in business formation, and it's also attracting a record number of people to the state. It's the number one state in the nation for education. Uh, He was also very strong on the border. Let me see if this is the rest of DeSantis' statement about the border. I think you're going to like
1: this. Should not be entertaining these asylum claims for people crossing illegally. They know that they will get a sheet of paper saying, okay, come back for a court date in three years, and they get released to the interior of our country. It's an absolutely insane system. So we'll stop that, and we re- we really need to hold the Mexican drug cartels accountable.
0: You know, I— Common sense stuff when he's talking about the border. And of course, the media treatment of DeSantis has been predictable. Vanity Fair suggested that DeSantis launching next to Elon Musk is equivalent to him launching alongside David Duke, uh, which is just insanity. Uh, the NCAA the NAACP, excuse me, has issued a travel advisory warning for African Americans. Do you believe this? They're saying that it might not be safe for them to travel to Florida. You know, I'm sure that the NAACP could then pay for these African-Americans. Instead of going to Florida, maybe they would be safer in, say, inner city Chicago, uh, inner city Philadelphia maybe, L.A., Portland, New York. All of these are blue states, blue areas that have defunded the police, hired soft-on-crime prosecutors, and I'm sure that they would be safer walking down the street in any one of these cities than they would be walking on the beach in Miami. I mean, that's the absurdity of the NAACP here with this statement. DeSantis' wife, Casey, is a cancer survivor. She's been attacked as a drag on DeSantis. Uh, And, you know, where are the left-wing feminists here that are surfacing to accuse the media of sexist attitudes toward Casey. She's a strong, articulate, winsome, conservative woman, something the legacy media and their progressive protégés can't abide. DeSantis and Reagan, by the way, have, have several things in common. But one of, one thing for sure, DeSantis shares Reagan's ability to win over Democrats. In Florida, DeSantis has led a mini exodus of the Democrat Party, these people switching to the Republican Party. And the thing I like about DeSantis, He's, he, he lives, he walks daily on the third rail of politics instead of avoiding it by constantly going straight at the sacred cows of progressives. He goes after the wokeness. He goes after all of the... Um, the, the nonsense that's out there that the Democrats are pushing, this stuff with the NAACP and telling African Americans it's dangerous for them to go to Florida. He didn't just let that happen and not comment on it. He butchers these sacred cows. He cooks them and serves them up as hamburger for a Republican fundraising events. I mean, this is, this is the kind of person, I think, that has a chance to go out and beat Donald Trump at his own game, which is being tough toward the media but behind DeSantis is going to be organization and a bit more sanity. At least that's the way I see it right now. All right. I want to wrap up quickly by talking for a minute about Target. Uh, Target's trying to take the Target off their back. They're removing pride items because of backlash from customers. Now, you, I mean, you, you really got to love this. Um, because here for, for several years, Target has been doing this. They've been moving their uh, a lot during, especially during June, they move all their their pro LGBT,Q and trans and all that merchandise to the front of the store. Well, now they're moving that merchandise. Their first move is in the south. They're not going to quite. They're not going to get rid of the merchandise, although they're getting rid of rid of some of it. But they're moving the rest of it to the back of the store to kind of fool conservative customers. You know, I'm thinking Target could come up with a new catchphrase, something like "No one hides gay pride like we do." I mean, do you do you see the irony? This is supposed to be gay pride, and they're. They're exhibiting their gay pride by hiding the gay items in southern cities and in southern locations because they don't want to upset their customers. And basically what's happened is they realize that they're headed toward a Bud Light backlash, so they're backing off. Target features LGBT apparel for children and even for babies. Now, I'm I'm just going to tell you what this is. I'm going to name it. I'm not going to go into detail, but they have something called Tuck-Friendly Swimsuits. Okay, I'll let you figure that one out because I'm not going there. But Target's now being seen as going beyond promoting inclusion and tolerance, and they're actually publishing a full LGBTQ sexualized agenda. Morgan McMichael is a conservative activist, and she had this to say about Target and what their real um, modus operandi happens to be
1: these are baby clothes they say that grooming isn't happening then why are there pride baby onesies honestly Target what is going on this is
0: yeah what is what is going on what I think that's a great question baby onesies how in the world can you justify baby onesies with some type of gay pride that's not promoting gay pride I mean she's right that that kind of borders on grooming um it, it's a it's it, it's a it's a terrible thing, and targets being called on it, and I think that this is going to have some teeth to it. All right, well, that's all the time we've got for today. Like I said, I've got to bug out. I got to move quickly uh, down to a, some appointments down in our state capitol in Columbia. But you've been listening to Truth and Politics and Culture with Dr. Tony Beam, and I hope that you've enjoyed the program today. This abbreviated version. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors all about it. Get them to go to the website. That's drtonybeam.com, drtonybeam.com. And you can read stuff that I've wrote, and you can listen to the programs, and uh, maybe just do a little OD on Tony Beam.